You're listening to The G-Factor with Lauren and Tony, a weekly microcast offering a variety of unique ways to market your business or organization. Now, without further ado, here are the hosts of G-Factor, Lauren Doherty and Tony Van. So according to Dr. Fauci, Lauren, we are in the bottom of the sixth if COVID, the pandemic, was a baseball game. What do you think about that? I truly hope so, even though in my personal opinion, you know how I feel about baseball, and it's a little long. It's a little drawn out and boring for me. So I hope these next three-plus million innings are quick and to the point, I guess. Yeah, I hope that it's it's basically up, up and down three, 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 and we're out. Uh, I don't, you know, the baseball analogy to me is quite interesting. Uh, you know, I love baseball, but there's so many other things like who is who is the pitcher that started this whole thing? Who's singing the national anthem? My, my assumption is probably Roseanne from the way this has all turned out. Uh, for those of you that are old enough to know what that means. Uh, so <laughs> I just think that we are... Uh, we're hopefully going to wrap this bad boy up, watch some fireworks and go home. But I do feel like uh, things are getting a little better. I feel like our clients are kind of uh, feeling a little bit more at ease. And then, you know, going out in public, I went yesterday and had a pizza buffet, which I haven't had in a long time. Whoa, so, whoa. Yeah. Risky behavior, even yes. pre-COVID. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that is true that's probably possibly true but uh anyway well last week we discussed a little bit we, we were throwing some hints i was throwing some hints out about our guest for this week and uh without any further ado i don't want to draw this out but you remember we were talking about the information superhighway last week and and this week, our uh, guest is associated with a superhighway, if you will, of the past. And I also mentioned that uh, I thought a lot of people listening this week would get their kicks by listening to the Chief Factors. So, Lauren, yeah. have you have you decided uh, who our guest might be for today? Well, I mean, I knew who it was. I just didn't want to ruin it for everyone oh. last week. Um, but it is Mr. Ken Busby. Everyone say hello. Welcome, Ken. And we are very excited to have him today. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks, Tony. It's it's good to be with you guys. It's exciting to have Mr. Busby. For those of you that don't know, Ken is the CEO of the Route 66 Alliance, hence all of the allusions, if you will, to the Mother Road. And uh, Ken, why don't you just kick us off a little bit with uh, telling us a little bit about you and, and what you're doing. Sure. Well, it really is good to be with you uh, both, and thanks for having me. Um, the Alliance is a, is a 501c3 nonprofit based here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and it is about uh, the promotion uh, the marketing, but also the preservation of the Mother Road, Route 66, all the way from Chicago to Santa Monica. We are headquartered in Tulsa because uh, Tulsa is really the capital of Route 66. And we say that because uh, we are where East meets West. So if you think about Chicago, you think about Santa Monica, if it weren't for a gentleman by the name of Cy Avery, Cyrus Stevens Avery, the father of Route 66, we would not be having this discussion because most likely the road would have gone through Iowa, Nebraska, and so forth. It would have totally bypassed, pun intended, Oklahoma. 
And so because Avery ha- was an entrepreneur and a businessman and, and uh, knew the value of what this newfangled contraption called an automobile was going to mean for America and for its future, he convinced the highway department that if we're going to have a road that's going to go from Chicago to Santa Monica, it must come through Tulsa because we have this fascinating and important bridge. And that would be the old 11th Street Bridge, now the Cyrus Avery Memorial Bridge, uh, the first concrete and steel reinforced bridge in the country to cross the Arkansas River. Built in 1917, remember Route 66 comes along in 1926, and he convinced the highway department that would be the safe way for folks to travel, and the rest, as they say, is history. So Tulsa, where east meets mm-hmm. west, thanks to a bridge and an entrepreneur. Very cool. That? Very cool. And and if I remember my stats uh, correct from the my tourism days, Oklahoma has the the most navigable, navigatable, is that right? Navigatable miles of Route 66 still remaining in anywhere in the that, United States, correct? Th- that's that's good for you, Tully. Yes, you did a good job there. Uh, that would be the <laughs> correct pronunciation. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. uh, yes, it is the it is the most navigable miles of any uh, of any of the eight states through which Route 66 travels. Here's a fun fact for you. I bet. So, I, the, the, what what is the state? with the shortest number of miles through which Route 66 travels. Oh. My guess is like Ohio or something like that. Doesn't go through Ohio, so try again. Mm. So let me, I'll just give it to you. Uh, It's Kansas. Everyone forgets about, everyone forgets about Kansas because it's (laughs) such a short amount. No, because it's such a short amount of space. And originally it was never intended to go through there, but the governor of Kansas insisted that the road at least come through Kansas. So it goes to two little towns, Galena and Baxter Springs, in the far southeast corner of the state for a total of 13.1 miles. Oh, and that number wow. should sound familiar. Yes, that's absolutely right, Lauren. Yes. It's a half marathon. And if you turn around and run back, you have a full marathon, and then you don't have to move your car. So it's really <laughs> handy. And believe me, they've done it. It's really cool. But uh, they're very proud of their 13.1 miles. So there's your fun fact of trivia for the next uh, trivia game you play. How about that? Thanks. Might need that one. That's really, that's ironic in the fact that they basically built Route 66 for cars, but yet Kansas, Mm -hmm. being the odd bunch there, made it a marathon for. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, a Mm -hmm. unique, I mean, this is the perfect segue for my first question for Ken, which is someone's taken that and done something unique to use as, you know, a marketing tool or a tourism draw. So Mm -hmm. tell us more. I mean, you know, Route 66, like you said, there's a ton of opportunity. It covers a lot of miles through many, many states. Um, Mm -hmm. But as far as marketing and branding of Route 66 and these experiences, tell us about maybe some tools or tactics that you all as an organization use or are, you know, planning or implementing? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, sure. Well, you know, it's it's really interesting because you've got a road like Route 66 that is truly iconic. It's known nationally. It's, own, it's known internationally. So it's like, well, the brand needs covered. It's Route 66. You put up the shield, mm-hmm. you got your 66 on it, and, and you're there. But what you then do with it, the, the marketing side of that is really is really where the key is. Because as you say, Kansas has got this great idea of marathons and half marathons. Well, that's cool. You know, so, so, but, so, so then what else, what else can you have? What else can you do? 
to 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 capitalize on it. Well, you have to look at each community, your organization, your company, your your section of the road, and and so what do you have to offer? So in Tulsa. For example, uh, we have also have, in addition to like Route 66 Alliance, I'm also involved with the Tulsa Route 66 Commission. Now, this is a mayoral appointed commission uh, that just looks at the 26 miles of Route 66 in Tulsa County. And so you begin to think, okay, well, we, we've got Route 66, we've got we've got the branding. So how do we how do we market this? And if you go back, you know, five years or so. Uh, there was not Tulsa wasn't doing much with it. Yes, it's Route 66, and yes, it goes through Oklahoma, but but not a, not a lot being done with it. The, the Tulsa Regional Chamber wasn't doing much with it. It was just sort of there and so forth. And so when I came to the Alliance, I started really starting to talk it up because I'm like, there's there's something here, folks. There's a there's a lot that we could be doing with this because because there is that national and international following. And how do you get people to come? to Tulsa to come to Oklahoma. So one of the things we looked at is neon signs. And so the Tulsa Route 66 66 Commission began a neon sign grant program to support people that would either put up a new neon sign or a refurbished neon sign. They might have had a neon sign that hadn't worked in 10 or 20 or 30 years. Well, let's refurbish that. Let's get it lit again. And so in the last year and a half that we've been doing this program, we have 19 signs, either brand new or refurbished on Route 66, somewhere in the 26 miles. We have another 14 in the works. It's been hugely successful and hugely popular and everyone's excited because now you can you're, you're marketing just a neon tour so you now you can market Tulsa for route 66 now you can also market it for neon and there are folks that travel the country travel world looking for neon signs because that was the heyday of marketing back in the 30s well especially 40s 50s into the 60s you re- neon was big that's how people designated their motels at night their restaurants any kind of place of business had cool neon a lot of it was activated so it moved and flashed and did all this and so, uh, so the neon signs is something that, that we capitalized on because one of the things we knew was, example, another great Route 66 town that capitalizes on neon is Albuquerque, New Mexico. And so you look at Albuquerque, well, they've always embraced their neon. And so, uh, and so we said, well, we should do that. So we actually contacted them, found out sort of what they were doing, and, and we designed our program similar to what they were doing. And so now we've got people that are literally coming to Tulsa and coming to Oklahoma looking for neon. And so it's like you 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 do those things that that are attractive that, that that can be sort of uniquely yours or something you can build upon uh, part of the folklore of your community or the history of your community or something like that. But that gives another uh, that gives another hook to uh, travelers to come and spend money in your community. Uh, I always wondered a little bit about the neon rejuvenation in Tulsa, simply because. Uh, it's kind of this retro thing. And I think that it's an excellent marketing tool. Uh, not only just the road itself, but all of the different tangential, uh, potential branding opportunities. Like, I mean, you, you Mm -hmm. didn't kind of mention this, but I mean, I would assume like when we take a trip, you know, we see cool things on the side of the road, whether route 66 or otherwise, I mean, that's a social media opportunity. That's a posting opportunity. Can you, Tell us a little bit about the leverage you gain or that Route 66 gains through uh, those type of kind of um, uh, organic marketing opportunities in general. No, absolutely. And, and, and I'm glad you asked about that because, you know, when you look at when you look at social media, which is where we all are right now, uh, that 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 is the, the best thing that you can do in terms of sort of the word of mouth kinds of uh, kinds of marketing. And so, you know, as as we're coming out of of, a, of the pandemic, as we're, as we're 
as we're reestablishing whatever the next normal is, um, you know, outdoor travel, outdoor uh, road trips and that kind of thing is still the safest way to travel. I mean, airline industry is coming back. We're thankful for that because we need that as well. We need them to be successful. But, uh, but road travel, when you're traveling with your small group, is the safest way to travel. Neon signs are outside. You can stop, take a selfie, uh, take some photos. Uh, then you're posting it. You're posting it to Instagram. You're posting it to Twitter. You're hashtagging. You're posting it to Facebook. And you're, you're talking about your experience. And then people see, oh, look at that cool sign. Oh, I didn't know they had that in Tulsa. And all of a sudden, that word of mouth kind of thing through the social media network really, really begins to flow. And people are like, oh, oh, and it just builds up this awareness. And so then you're giving people another reason to come, and, 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 and people want to know that personal experience. So it's like, well, this person, this family, they stopped, they did this. Oh, they're also telling us they ate at this restaurant, they picked up great merchandise at this, at this store. And 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 all and they're spending the night. And they oh they're staying at the Campbell Hotel, for example, which was the first hotel on Route 66 in Oklahoma. And and so it's like oh oh, and so now you've built that experience. Well, that experience then also then leads you. Well, maybe we need to, do need to spend the night. So now you're spending a night or two nights or three nights, and then you you can explore all that it that it has to offer because I look at Route 66 as a hook. And I and and it's a hook to bring you to this community. But now that you're here, let's look at let's look at who you are that's traveling. Oh, you're traveling with with children. Well, did you know we have an Oklahoma aquarium? Did you know we have the Tulsa Zoo? You need to go. You need to go visit those. Oh, you're interested in history. Well, you need to go visit the Gilcrease Museum, and then go down uh, Route 66 to Stroud, have lunch in the Rock Cafe, and be sure and go visit the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum. All of a sudden, it all begins to flow together, literally, because you've got this one thread, Route 66, that brought you here. But then what are the other things about you and, and your family and your situation that, that you, you, you'd like to explore or know, or know more about or, or, or learn more about? Obviously, with Oklahoma, we've got you know, Native American history just everywhere, but it's not all on Route 66. So, but you're interested in, 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 in the tribes that help form our great state. Well, let's send you to the Muscogee this way. Let's send you over here to the Cherokee. Let's let you go and explore and learn and learn the native history uh, of our great state. And so all of a sudden, it just expounds. You just grow and grow and grow. The, the biggest thing, though, I think, that you have to think of is, is, is do those things to which you are best suited. And by that, I mean, you cannot be all things to all people, no matter how much we'd like to be. So you, you pick those things that are most relevant to you and your organization, your business, your whatever, and, and play up those strengths. And, and literally, you know, if, it's, if you've got a neon sign out that brings people in, that's great. But, but, but don't try to be everything to everyone because you, you then lose the, the cool factor. You, businesses, I think, are best served when, when there's what, – what are you bringing to the table that nobody else is bringing? What do you offer that nobody else has? Do you have soft serve ice cream? Okay, well, what's special about yours? Oh, you've got gummy bears at yours. Great. <laughs> now we have a reason to come because your gummy bears are shaped as little cars and little 66 shields. That's really cool. Now, I'm, I'm being a little funny here, but it's like you have to think about those cool things that you can offer that no one else is offering because those, those unique experiences are what people make, make, make them want to stop, pull off the road, take the selfie, and, and spend some time and some money in your location. You know, I before we go on, I just want to stop and and every single thing you said, this is the beauty of a podcast for me. And I, I'm glad you just kept on going because if anyone is listening right now, any of our listeners, 
listen to this again, over and over again. Ken just unpacked about five super important points. One is you can't be anything, everything to everybody. Right. Two is, you know, Ken, you're talking about not only social media, but no pun intended, driving traffic through influencer marketing. Hey, I ate at hmm. the El Rancho Mexican food restaurant. Here's a picture of it. Anyone else looking? I'm looking for recommendations on Route 66 for great, you know, Latin or Mexican <laughs> food, blah, blah, blah. That's number uh-huh. three. Number four is you're talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, leveraging your position physically on Route 66 using either promotional items or signage, obviously the neon, so on and so forth. And then five, just the ability to uh, basically partner with. We see it in Tulsa and Oklahoma City, whether it's Automobile Alley downtown, mm-hmm. trying to jump on with, like you said, the Western Heritage National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum or in Tulsa, where you're talking about Claremore, uh, different locations there, all utilizing the mother road as basically, you know, the heartbeat, the lifeline for those tourism entities. I love that. I think you you, you just nailed it. Good job. Did, it's fantastic. Did I say all that? Did I say all that? Wow. You did. And then I and <laughs> I'm I would, so impressed. As you, I am too. <laughs> all right. Well, those were both of you just summarizing that made it really easy. Um, the one thing I also wanted to just kind of pick up on is, and you said it, but without kind of saying it is just the community relationships and partnerships that you can form basically no matter what kind of business you are or entity are super important to and working together, not necessarily always in competition of one another, I think is something that is, you know, something to always think about, but um, mm-hmm. it can be a little bit difficult at times. Sure. But it's totally worth it in the end when you can come together and do do something bigger and better as a group. So I love that too. So thank you for bringing up all of those great points. But one other thing we want to pick your brain on because you are the guru. Tell (laughs) us about some um, tools or tactics, especially over the past year, things have changed, but tell us about, give us some insight on fundraising. Ah, fundraising. Yes. Well, Uh, yeah, COVID has certainly changed the landscape on fundraising, and yet, and and now more than ever, uh, not just nonprofits but businesses, as we as we've, as we've seen the, the the challenges of the restaurant industry and so forth, and and trying to navigate through all of this. But but you know, for the for the actual fundraising side and so forth, I think I think what we've seen is obviously the again the advance uh, of of. Uh, Digital platforms uh, to to fundraise, and and it's been absolutely critical. So the the online auctions and silent auctions and that kind of thing, the things that we do, the the giving uh, uh, through texting over our smartphones, and so forth, and and reaching out. But again, to the to the point of of our conversation today, that that marketing uh, of the and and the branding of what you're doing becomes you know absolutely critical so it's like when you're when you're when you're telling your story and when you're trying to um, people help people understand why they need to support you now more than ever uh, the the fundraising story has to be obviously compelling it has to be um, uh, immediate like we need you to stop and do this now but but that is what I think has really changed during the pandemic it's like the planning six months for a gala just doesn't have the same ring as it used to. Now, now they're starting to come back. We're seeing this in Tulsa. I've heard about a couple in Oklahoma City, but they're starting to come back. But, but 
everything's looking a little different. People are still right now, if you're planning stuff, they're still thinking a little bit about social distancing and some of the things with that. And everybody's talking about what virtual components that we've learned about do we need to keep as part of anything that we do. And I think the the online auction, fundraising, uh, smartphone, uh, texting kinds of things are here to stay because it's going to be one of those things that now all of a sudden I could stay home in the comfort of my home in my pajamas and participate in something and support a worthy cause without having to go and be there in person. Not that you don't want the camaraderie, not that you don't want all that, but I think really thinking about the digital milieu is, 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 is critical for fundraising now. So you're still using it to tell your story. Um, you're still, but, but you're doing it now in much shorter snippets, in, in shorter videos, in, in compelling uh, case statements and so forth. Um, and again, for Route 66, uh, because you, if you think about it, one of the challenges, I think, of arts, cultural uh, kinds of organizations uh, is always, well, we're not social services. We're not saving lives. We're not feeding the hungry. We're not. Mm-hmm. But, but, as you well know, Lauren, um, and you too, Tony, um, <laughs> as you both know, um, uh, we are feeding the soul. And Absolutely. I'll tell you something. Arts and culture have really come to the fore during this pandemic. The people not just doing uh, jigsaw puzzles, and that's been great. And we've seen all everybody doing those, and so but people started doing art that were never doing art before. They're drawing, they're painting, they're 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 reading poetry, and they're and they're and they're doing the, and writing poetry, and they're doing the things that feed their soul and their spirit. So so as we're as we're looking at this uh, now more than ever, we need those organizations those. Companies that are that are that are doing those kinds of things. So the arts have to be a part of the equation. And while we're worried about paying rent and while we're uh, the child, uh, the job and and all of it, something has to nurture us. And the pandemic has stretched all of us physically and emotionally. And now it's oh, here's my reward for that. I can get out on the mother road and do this. I can go here and have this class. I can go appreciate this painting over here i can go read this poem in the park over here and it's like it's it's those kinds of so i I, the message that we want to be sending now is uh you know that you said something earlier about the competition lauren and i was thinking about that because i've always ascribed to the idea of, of a surplus mentality rather than a scarcity mentality that somehow you know the rising tide lifts all boats that somehow we'll make the tide bigger uh, and so forth, instead of trying to slice the pie, you know, into smaller pieces. And I think that's what's going to ca- propel people forward right now. And coming out of, out of COVID, I think for those of us who, who embrace that, who find the partnerships, who, who, who link arms and promote each other and, and so forth and not look at each other as competition, but hey, here's a cool experience that I'm offering. I'll go over next door and have the cool experience they're offering. I'll go down the street and have the experience they're offering. That's how we're going to be successful and have a much stronger presence and a much stronger marketing. And then as, as airline travel opens up again, now we'll be embracing that international audience to come back to the United States and have those cool experiences that they, cause they've been, you know, tied down and, and, and claustrophobic and everything too. So now here's that opportunity for them. So we have something really big to sell right now. And it's the open skies, the open spaces, 
the the great stories, the great history, the the great experiences, and so that's what we need to be branding and marketing, and 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 then let people just discover all the cool things that 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 make up who we are in, in each of our in each of our communities. All great advice and tips for sure. Um, definitely, I and you know something we talk about a lot is the storytelling aspect and mm-hmm. how to stand out in the crowd because you know everyone's fundraising and everyone needs your support and you know how to make your yeah. organization stand out. So very sage advice as always. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Well, I knew this interview with Ken was going to be amazing. Ken, before we sign off, I just want to thank you so much for coming o- coming on, uh, being a part of our podcast. You know, every single time we have a guest, we get to actually, you know, know a little bit more about that individual. And, you know, I understand just a little bit more about what you do every day. And for that, I'm very thankful. So thank you so much for well, coming Thank you. On. Thank you, Tony. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Excellent. Yay. Yeah. That's good. That's really good. Well, uh, Lauren, here's what I think we should totally do is uh, contact the Dixie Chicks and see if we can uh, get them to maybe do the Oklahoma song, Wide Open Spaces, because that seems to be what <laughs> Mr. Busby said. That was my takeaway is that, that Europeans are ready to get out and see the road that's in fine. wide open spaces. So that's there you yeah. go. See, he's even piping in saying that's a good idea. So let's, yeah, let's he's see being we, really nice to you. Yeah. Maybe we can get a Toby Keith. Uh, that's you heard it first. Maybe we can get Toby Keith and and the Dixie Chicks back together again. So you just never know. So, uh, that's a terrible branding idea. Okay, well, we're gonna wrap it up, Lauren. Anything else you want to chit chat about about uh, Route sixty six, Route sixty six, or the controversy there within? Yeah, I guess have everyone tell us how they pronounce it. That's that is a good point. There you go. Let's take so, a poll. Let's do that. So, well, we will post on our social media about uh, how do you pronounce it? Root a route. Uh, I hope everyone will go to Facebook or Insta and uh, check out that poll. So, all right, let's wrap it up for the G Factor podcast. I'm Tony Van. And I'm Lauren Doherty. And we'll talk to you next week on the Jeep. Thank you for listening to G Factor. For more episodes, additional information, and a way to connect with Lauren and Tony, visit theguildfactor.com.